Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rempel. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Well, Claudia, it's good to be back with you to start a new series this week. That's right. And happy new year to our listeners. Yeah, we're going to start a new year and we're actually not going to do New Year's resolutions. We're not. We had a conversation about this and we realized that New Year's resolutions are, uh, how shall we say, uh, ineffective sometimes in motivating us to actually do anything about the things we need to change. That's right. So we're going to um, poke some fun at those whose New Year's resolutions fall through first which are leaders, and do a series um, fitting for our times, which we're going to call Leadership Bullshit in a Tough Economy. That's right. I think we were talking about it and we were kind of complaining about all the things that people tell us about what's going on in their companies when leaders are just basically shooting the breeze about things that aren't exactly true when they're facing a lot of difficult situations. Yeah, with anything from 10 to 15% unemployment here in California, I personally am extremely disappointed, if not a little angry, that those in charge are continuing in such tough times, not shooting straight with us. That's right. So our first topic, Carl, we're starting today on our subtopic of leadership bullshit is we're talking today about brainless downsizing because we have all been victims. From there, we're going to go to the HR cop-out what we're going to call um, the deferral or the passing the buck to the human resources department. And then we'll go from there to our topic of leaders and what we call the fine art of blaming others. That's going to be a good one. From there, we will look at panic and fear on Main Street and how um, fear ends up making many of our very important decisions. And then we'll finish with political mumbo jumbo, the kinds of things we hear from even the the top of the stream, the top of the, shall we say, the echelons, the tiers that trickle down to us in the most bullshitty ways possible. So though we're a little upset about this and a lot of crazy, um, inexcusable things are happening, we're going to have a little fun with it. And we hope you all enjoy it too. And join us on the website and um, converse about these issues that are just being smoothed over and pretended that it's not as serious as it really is. Right. And what we want to do throughout the next coming weeks is kind of talk about these issues sort of in the perspective of the employee, the perspectives of the leader, and then offer some alternatives for kind of healthier, healthier ways to deal with a crisis. Exactly. So brainless downsizing, let's just jump right into this one, because I think this is the one that stews me the most, is here we've got this economy that fell apart last year in a very serious way, how we were doing things and financing things and planning was proven not to work. And instead of taking a step back and thinking about how to do things differently, companies have responded by merely cutting their staffs, cutting 20, 25%, some 30% just across the board in order to um, remove that cost, remove that payroll expense. And I find that inexcusable. Why do you think that is, Carl? Why is this the easiest easiest way for companies, easiest, and I say that in quotes, that companies want to save money and they just cut staff, they cut their benefits, they, you know, that's where they go first. Well, I would say it the other way around. It's, they're choosing it because it is the, the easy way out. You look at um, the payroll that's going out every week, every two weeks, every month, and all you see these people as is an, ex- is as an expense. They are not an asset. You're not thinking about the asset that you're sending out the door. You think you're just reducing the expense. 
And, but the work hasn't changed. The workload hasn't changed. So fewer people are left with getting more done. The way you have it structured didn't work with a full staff, hence the meltdown. What makes you think it's going to work with three quarters of the staff? So now the remaining people are um, burdened and have to make up. So, you know, the work's just going to be done quicker with um, less attention to detail, uh, lower morale, and we, we're patting, these leaders are patting themselves on the back for um, their quick action and their solution, and they want bonuses for this, you know, these heroic decisions. Right. It seems that as an employee, you can, you can see kind of the effects it has on you are, you know, they cut roles, and those people had responsibilities that aren't really delegated anywhere. And if they are, it doesn't encompass, a job description does not encompass something everything that someone does, like a role they may pay, play in a company. And particularly when you're talking about most of the people that are cut are these middle managers, you know, that really do form uh, an important liaison between how we we run companies as leaders and the employees who work under them. And I think all of that knowledge gets lost. You have low morale and panic and you cannot, if you have more responsibility already on top of a full-time job, you cannot do quality work. Exactly, exactly. And so what we're saying here is not that there might not be downsizing necessary as part of a more thought-through solution, but it's the lack of thinking that goes into it and the broad brush strokes that, you know, whole swaths of thinkers and participants and movers and shakers in our firms are have just lost their jobs, and that's a solution for the economy because they're no longer your particular problem in your firm you know, it, it doesn't help us get out of the larger situation at all, at all. Well, and let's see this in the mind of a leader, what's going on? Like the, the money must be a huge motivator, but it seems like that money is really just being saved up front or what you're seeing on paper isn't actually going to reflect the money you save if you are losing quality in your work, customers, et cetera. Well, it's that cash and the way we account for things that's easiest to spot. So it will look best on paper right away that those numbers were going to come in smaller, the expense numbers. And the cost of the lost knowledge and the lost relationships and the processes that are no longer happening very well because fewer people have to do more, those aren't being accounted for. They don't show up on your profit and loss statement. So how we, we don't have good ways to account for those sorts of intangible costs that affect everything we do deeply and how it comes out in, you know, less attention to our clients and less sales way, happen way down the road and are hard to correlate back. So the leader gets the kudos, gets the positive um, showing on paper of that instant decision where if they had done a more nuanced, thoughtful approach and reorganized how things were done so that it could maybe streamline processes and, and analyze what wasn't working before and why and look for underlying causes and actually came up with a better, more efficient solution for the long term that wouldn't show up on how we account for things for quite a while. And, and they may lose their position by then. So you know, it's, a lot of it has to do with accounting and how results are reported and how these people are held accountable in the short term. In the short term. That's right. And I think most people say, well, I won't be around long enough anyway if this is a sinking ship. Then I just do what makes me look good. That's right. And leaders have the most options. They have the most power. They have the most networks out there to 
to work on alternatives, so less is at stake for them, whereas a skilled employee has that skill and out of a job just has to go find another place. Well, next week we're going to focus a little more about how the news is delivered, shall we say. So you have these troubling times, you have, you know, panic in your in your uh, in your offices in your departments in your company and yet the people who are informing you are not the people who are making the decisions. And we'll talk about next week. That next week. But I I wanted to bring it back to this week. What is the alternative if you I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, but if you are facing, you know, an economic crisis, how do you go from point A to point B and saving money without this brainless downsizing? Well, what we like to talk to leaders about is in a crisis to break it apart and look at it twice. And initially, you do look at the urgent issues and what has to take place right now so that disaster doesn't strike and so that rolling snowballs don't continue to compound and crush everybody in their path. So there is certain decisions that do need to be made right away. Once you've got that um, taken care of in the very short term, you need to take a step back. You need to look for underlying causes. You need to look for what's not working and hasn't been working for you and start talking to people more in depth while you still have the knowledge there and rethink how you go about doing what you do. If anything should be intuitively obvious is that what you were doing didn't work. And maybe it only worked because the whole economy was spiraling upward. And it was that momentum that you were interpreting as success for your leadership. But when that fell apart, you know, it kind of laid bare that, you know, the emperor had no clothes on. And so then we need to look at that and get clothed. And that's why we're upset about brainless downsizing is the leaders are still saying, no, I'm, I'm, you know, the emperor is fully clothed. Now let's just keep doing it only on a smaller scale. Well, we've talked about this before. It seems that those who have the most knowledge about the the job, about how you know it's being performed, are the employees, and they're often not included in the decision. And that's a lot of knowledge that's lost. And that's why we're having fun calling it leadership bullshit. You know, pardon our French, but it is because because you have earned. The authority to be in a leadership position does not mean that you know more than everybody, and it does not mean that you're smarter than everybody. It means you have a role to play that's key in a different way, and to ignore those voices or to diminish those voices because they are not the same level that you are on an organizational chart is um, foolish. And so um, we just would love to hear from every one of you on some of the BS that's going on in your firm as they... um, try to deal with complex things in oversimplified manners. Well, it just makes people mad. It just makes them angry. Everybody sees through it. Absolutely everybody. Yeah, you're not fooling anyone. And so that's why we're going to be talking about next week about the HR cop-out, or as we call it, the big spin. A big uh, spin. And And even though we're making fun of you, leaders who might be listening to us, we're on your side. You know, We're raising these issues because there are are alternatives, and you might have fallen into it inadvertently. So, well, and you know it. I mean, even as a leader, you know. Well, this isn't this isn't really the truth. It's not, or the best decision. So, write in, defend yourself. Let's have some fun with this, so that we can get a healthier economy going forward. <laughs> we'll see you next week. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.